Hello and welcome to another edition of You Should Have Been Here Last Week, where myself, Steve Gribbin and fellow comedian Paul Ricketts interview the movers and shakers, owners, club owners, promoters, bookers, you name it, the money makers, the shakers, the Quakers, mm. the, uh, the people over the other side of the fence of the comedy industry. Mm. And this week's guest is uh, one of the longest running uh, members of that uh, and who runs some very great ad hoc gigs in uh, the northwest of England. So uh, we present to you the wonderful Mr. Rob Riley. Hello, Rob. Today we have Rob Riley, who's in Marrakesh, live from Marrakesh, even though it won't be live by the time you watch this because it'll be recorded. So Rob's in Marrakesh, and he is the proprietor, owner of Off the Rails, uh, Comedy in a Van. Is that still a thing? Comedy Comedy in a Van is the umbrella title for all the gigs. Off the Rails is just one gig. That's the longest running one. Hmm. Uh, but a lot of people seem to think they're all called Off the Rails because when I first got the receipts done, they said Off the Rails on them, which everybody signed for. And that's why it sorts of people do think it's Off the Rails. But Off the Rails is just one actual gig. And how long have they been going? Uh, I, just, I think, think we started 2001. Yeah, 2001 we started, so 22 years, man and boy. Bloody hell. I mean, uh, can I, I'll ask the first question, because this is uh, when we ask all the promoters, is uh, why did you become a comedy promoter? Because nobody had booked me because I was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was there was there was there was actually a bit that it was a couple of things. Uh there was part of me had always wanted to run a comedy night. I don't know why. Uh but before I'd even got into it, I'd look at little rooms around Oldham where I'm from and think, oh, you could put up a, on a, a nice night here. I don't know why. Uh and then I started working, I was working in a, a sort of quite a posh restaurant place. Uh, one night the boss said uh, we want to do a comedy night. And I was doing open spots at the time uh, and said, yeah, I can sort that out for you. Um, we got Justin Morris and Toby Foster and Mick Ferrell. It was Mick who I spoke to, and he said, oh, get get Justin and Toby on. At the time, they were in a programme called Phoenix Nights. Yeah. Uh, younger listeners, ask your mum. <laughs> and, uh, ask your, and ask your whole- grandmum. Well, yeah, yeah, it's getting to that now, really, isn't it? And I watched him sell 180 tickets in about 12 hours, and I thought, oh, this could be a bit better than £4.50 an hour, plus Mm. brandy and pudding bonus. Um, And then also, (laughs) as I was doing stand-up as well, I thought if I got to do some comparing, that would sort of help me as a performer. And the only way you can really compare is, of course, is getting a comparing, really, is running your own night. Uh, so yeah, I, I started me all night at a little pub called the Railway uh, in Greenfield, and started it on a Sunday night, thinking, "Well, this will be brilliant because people will come on the train, and we'll get them from Ashton, and they can come from Huddersfield." Not realizing until the first night that the train stopped running at three o'clock on a Sunday, hence <laughs> off the rails comedy night, and uh, it, it sort of all went from there, really. Yeah, I mean, can you remember the first gig? Can you remember the first one? How it actually went? The how the the actual night itself went? <laughs> yeah, it, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, I made a lot of classic mistakes. Me comparing was probably one. I had too many acts on. Uh, and that's right, you yeah. see so many people on the first night think, oh, we'll get ten acts on it. Just why? 
you know, it's, it's yeah. pointless. Uh, the, the less acts, the better, I think, really. Two, three good acts and a decent compare is all you need. Um, I was really sensitive about how long it would last. And again, that's not really a problem. People would much rather have a really good 90 minutes than a, a drawn-out, tortuous two and a half hours. And it, it, it wasn't great. Uh, it was okay, but I, I, I worked in that pub behind the bar at the time. And about a week later, I was on the quiet pints after my shift in the corner. And I heard a couple of people discussing it, and they were actually saying how good it was. I mean, it wasn't by any means a disaster, but it wasn't a great night either. And that they did make me realise that people's expectations may not be that high. Uh, and as long as you put on the good shows, uh, you you know, people will come back. I mean, talking of that, about people's expectations, what, what would you describe as your, would you describe your typical audience? Do you know, you know, in terms of class or, you know, social makeup or whatever what do you think uh I, I don't really think we have you see for my gigs i only actually run four gigs of my own and everything else i do is booking for other people so mm. you know what goes down well in a community center in essex where the average age is dead uh maybe <laughs> different maybe different to what you might book at a university say uh, yeah. So I don't think it really is a typical audience. In my gigs, the gigs I run, they tend to be getting older, I've noticed. And I think that's possible because of my marketing. Uh, for instance, I'm not on TikTok, etc. I've only just discovered Instagram in the last few months. Uh, it, I've got know, your leaflets in large print, are they? Yeah, well, so the- well yeah, and I... I I think that's why, and also I think another reason is uh, because I'm now knocking on a bit. Uh, I I tend to think of people as younger, sort of forty, but to people who are eighteen, nineteen, that that's yeah. virtually dead, isn't it? You know, yeah, that's not yeah. young. I think it's always important, and this isn't just comedy promoting, I think this is any business, is you have to take a step outside and try and look at things objectively from the outside. Get the Getting the younger acts on and where and how you promote will also make a difference to the age of your audience. Because, you know, as a comedian, the, the more mixed the audience, the better the show is Yeah, quite often. Yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. It always amazes me, though, with some of the younger acts when they they do say, "Oh, this isn't my audience." Looking out, and they see anybody over forty. Some some of them do say that, and I just think, well, they're human beings, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't get intimidated by the fact there's there's younger people in the audience. You know, not unless they're they're very violent and they're throwing things. But uh, yeah, you should be able to play to anybody, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, but if somebody's new, they've probably written what they know about. So it probably is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, and they will only have a limited amount of material as well. You know, if they're doing 20 minutes, they might only have 25, 30 minutes in totality. Uh, whereas somebody who's been going your length of time has got, you know, decades <laughs> of wealth of top-notch material. Uh, to go on, you know, you're not stuck with doing <laughs> stuff about Thatcher and the Miners' strike, are you? You know, you've got everything. You've got people who are sort of our age, then you've got stuff they'll remember. You've got topical stuff, uh, yeah. but but yeah, I think it is important. The better comedians will be able to play any playable room or any playable audience. Well, one of the uh, things that we've talked to different promoters, and they one said that 
the MC should reflect the audience. What do you, what do you reckon to that? No, I wouldn't say so. Not at all. As, I mean, the MC obviously has to gel with the audience because yeah. the MC provides that bridge, doesn't he, between the audience yeah. and the acts. He's he's yeah. like the tourist guide who's, who's introducing them to everything and making sure everything goes smoothly. But I don't yeah. if it's a good MC, I don't think they necessarily have to have a massive amount. Of, they have to be sensitive towards that audience. But again, that goes for any room. You know, just because a, a room's full of young people doesn't necessarily with a doesn't necessarily mean you need a young MC. There will be things other than age and class going on there. You know, it's like you said before, if they're all drunk and a bit rowdy, you're going to have to be sens- sensitive to that. I know. Yeah. This is interesting. Well, I'll change the question because this is a new one. But what do you think about the sort of, um, this has been the last couple of weeks that said that audiences have, especially since the pandemic, seems to be behaving more badly. Would you say that was true or...? Yes, I, I would actually. Yeah, since lockdown, we had some absolute nut jobs after lockdown. Mm. Uh, we to, yeah, we had to throw a couple of people out, which is rare. And I have noticed it since. Not, it's not like an epidemic of uh, lunatics, but I certainly we certainly seem to get more than we used to. Uh, I mean, after lockdown, I think what it probably was was just booze-related. People who had not been out for ages, determined to have a good time and oblivious to the uh, needs of the people around them. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. it still seems to be there. It still seems to be there a bit. Yeah, I, I heard a, a story. I'm not going to name the comedy club, but it ends in Ogden Bucket. But um, <laughs> there, there was four middle-aged women uh, last week or the week before. I heard you might have heard the story, and they were being absolute arseholes. They were. Uh, heckling and chucking things at the axe. So they were told to get out and they just sat there and went, no. <laughs> so they, <laughs> you know, they're about, they're 50 odds. And um, the bouncer said, well, I'm going to go and get the police. I went, get the police. Don't care. Don't care. So, but then they had to wait 40 minutes while the police came. And in that 40 minutes, when they realised they weren't being served again, just as the priest arrived, they all got up and left because they wouldn't give them any more alcohol. But that to me was an absolute shocker. You know, you just because in the old days, you said get out. People go okay, and they might have gone, but just to sit there and go, nope. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, for women, it's a difficult one to deal with. You know, if there are men, bouncers might manhandle them, but you can't do it to yeah. women in their fifties. You got yeah, it's hard. It's harder, and the audience can turn on you as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you get if you get stroppy, you can get stroppy with a bloke from the stage if you compare it, yeah, and the audience will get behind you. But you've got to be careful how you deal with women because it can yeah. be seen as you're being, you know, bullying in a way or misogynistic uh, yeah. and you can lose the entire audience. But, I mean, something like that can cause so much damage for the club. I mean, the Frog's been running that long. I'm sure it won't affect them. But imagine if that was a new night and it was just your third or fourth night, uh, you know, then the venue might say, well, we're not, we're not putting this on again. It's not worth the hassle. And uh, obviously, all the, rest, all the rest of your audience wouldn't be happy about it at all. And they've had the night ruined by a few idiots. I mean, that, it was just the actual sense of entitlement about it that shocked me. You know, they, they were sort of going, uh, we're, we're not moving. We've come out for a night. And uh, I think you might be right about since the pandemic that people, it's a lot of bottled up um, tension and energy. But also, people seem to have forgotten that they are ruining someone else's night. We seem to live in a, a very me, me, me world at the moment in the last yeah. few years. And I, think, I 
yeah. how much of that is to do with social media and also people's attention spans as well seem to have gone. Entertainment has to be very short and snappy now. And also, there's so much stand-up on the show. When you see live at the Apollo and stuff, you know, the acts are only doing a few minutes. You've not got to sit down and, and endure a full 20. And I think that no. might affect people's attitudes as well. That's interesting. Uh, what do you think about... Um, the, there's been a lot of people posting stuff on um, social media, uh, a lot of acts and com comedians, uh, whereby it's all audience interaction. And people have been telling me that audience have been now have been turning up, expecting that to be the whole thing. I think they've always thought that. Mm. Uh, the amount of times people come up to you uh, at a gig and say, when they've heckled you and go, yeah, I did what you wanted. You know, me and you, <laughs> should, we should start a double act, shouldn't we? Yeah. If you've been emceeing, you will get the other one or two, oh, you're the best of the lot. And you're not, uh, well, certainly in my case, but it's just that they prefer that interaction. And quite often it's very cheap shots and quite often very old put-downs that they're seeing. I can go in Greenfield Tesco's where I do most of my gigs in Greenfield and I'll get people come up to me and I'll go, all right, mates, you're in it. You remember, you remember when you called me mum a slag? Oh, we still laugh about that. <laughs> it's a good job for that. You can insult people and get paid for it. Do you know yeah. that talking about when people come up to you and say, oh, you were the best, or, you know, I didn't like him so much. I had a brilliant story once at Teesside Poly where uh, it was a, a woman and she was really drunk. She was going down the line of comedians, Davey John's on, oh, you were fantastic. And she got to Ross Noble, who she didn't like, and she just went, safe journey home. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been devastated about it and probably gave <laughs> Freer there and then. <laughs> I know. Whatever happened to him, I don't know. But it's a brilliant story, the way, just the way people's minds work, you know. They will often tell you who they thought was best. Hmm. Like it was some sort of competition, you know, like it was a talent show or something. And this has always gone on. You can't blame it on things like... Uh, no, social media. No. You know, I, yeah. I, well, I thought he was the best. One in the middle, mm, or the last one, the last one. Didn't, didn't like the first one, though. Didn't like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, do I look like I give a fuck? It's, it, it's like, you know, it's like tapas. It? There should be something there for everyone. You're going to have your favourite. It's like Quality Street. Some people like the green triangle, some people don't. Uh, yeah. The whole thing is that variety should, a bill should always have variety on it. You know, you should have different shades and flavours for everyone. And the whole, if then if there was people that you liked more than others, then I would argue that that works. But why yeah. people assume sort of competition i've absolutely no idea uh, yeah well that's why i think it's... the whole thing about uh behavior and comparing comedy to theater you can't compare the two yeah because no. because uh yeah no actor is going to come to the stage door and there's lots of punters there going oh you could have done that soliloquy a little bit better mate <laughs> I mean... oh i don't know <laughs> could have been punchier you know what I mean it's just lacking a little bit of something I, I felt shortchanged I liked you didn't like him yeah <laughs> I think people do do that but they're just to say it's amongst themselves don't they you have the fourth wall don't you yeah yeah. yeah. With, with theater, like, but comedy is interactive even if you're not an inter you know if even if you're a very scripted comic who doesn't interact with the other there is no fourth wall you mm. are talking directly to those people and looking into their eyes uh, so it was, you know, automatically probably think that we really, well, we do care about their reaction. Obviously, we yeah. want everybody to have a good time, but 
we're not really that asked about their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> not on an individual basis. We don't care. No. We don't want them to come up individually and score us. But people think that you are looking at them. But one of the tricks that we, we you know, as comedians, you know, is you, you look as though you're looking at them. And one of the worst things for a comedian, I think, is, is if you inadvertently do catch somebody's eyes and you, <laughs> you lock into them and immediately you look away and think, oh, fuck that. <laughs> because <laughs> but even, it works the other way. If I go and see a show, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to see a music thing. You know, I think that they're looking at me. You know, even though yeah. I'm a performer, I've been doing it for years. And it's part of the whole thing of a um, live performance, isn't it? What gives you the most aggravation as a promoter, booker, uh, from Axe, I suppose? Let's, you know, we'll start with Axe and you can move on to anything else. From Axe, uh, cancellations can be uh, very time-consuming because hmm. uh, you've basically, usually you've got, if it's somebody people specifically wanted to see, then that's a nightmare because you get punters whinging at you. Even if it isn't, you've got to redo a lot of marketing and stuff, so you're doing work again. I mean, if somebody cancels with like four or five months to go, it's not the end of the world. But if somebody cancels once you've got everything on sale and out there and all the images have been done and everything and it's on on Facebook and on Twitter and on the websites and on sale on various ticketing sites, that because that can take about two hours to redo everything. Hmm. Uh, and once you get three or four in a week, you know, you've lost a day. Um, hmm. Another pet bugbear of mine, <laughs> and this has happened quite a bit recently, I actually turn up at the last minute wanting stuff technical doing. Uh, like, for instance, with... Steve, it's not a problem because I know your guitar act, so I know you will need a DI or some way of plugging in. Well, yeah. somebody who doesn't normally do the turns up with a with a laptop, a laptop or something, and a hopeful smile, and they always do it about five minutes before the show, mm. uh, especially if you, you know just when the doors have opened. Or we'll sit there. The best one, we'll sit there for half an hour, chat about whatever gossip's going on at the time. Wait for you to open the doors, wait for you to be dealing with 150 people, getting them all in, running like an idiot, and then, oh, can I plug this in and can you arrange your red arrows fly oh. past? <laughs> got these pirate techniques doing. Why, why didn't you tell me this two... If you'd have just told me two days ago, then, yeah, I could have had it all sorted. And if you'd have got here a bit earlier, but at the last minute, no, that's, uh, that's a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Opening a middle axe, keep it tight, because oh. you, you're just making it harder for each act that goes on the longer you do. Yeah, yeah. And also, when you've got double-ups to consider and that as well, uh, yeah. you know, you don't want to be late for the next gig. Yeah, I mean, you know, the one I just did for you uh, two weekends ago, Steve Shanyaski was was comparing the beer keller, and I said, listen, Steve, as a favour to me, instead of doing 15, can you do 10? And he did. And that's, how, did, yeah, that's, that's how it why... should work, because he, he knows yeah, exactly the same position that I'm in, you know. But some people, yeah. I, I won't name any names, but somebody once at Birmingham Glee Club, a very, very famous comedian, was on in the middle, and he didn't want to be on the middle. He thought he should be closing, and I was closing. He did 50 five zero minutes in the middle and uh yeah i i mean after i finished chewing the chairs we just had a massive argument you know because it was just just bad bad form isn't it overrunning well, like that I, I i had a guy who used to do quite a bit of mc in for me and uh the open spot um i've been back in such about progression and i was saying to the open spot i went well yeah i, was, I wasn't actually at the gig i said but 
you know, that last one you did wasn't really that great, was it? And he went, yeah, but he said it's a bit trickier after the compare's done 35 minutes <laughs> in the oh. middle. Oh, oh. getting me on. And I went, oh. ah, no, he wow. didn't tell me that. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what did you do then? Seek out the compare and then have him shot? <laughs> <laughs> it's took ages. <laughs> In the end, it's not, it was one of those, without going into specifics, yeah. uh, it sort of sorted itself out anyway in the end. Sure. But, uh, it, it's been a long time since we've worked together. The guy at the time who did the open spot now does a bit of MCing for me and does a really good job. So uh, the balance of the universe has restored itself. Yeah, yeah he's a good you know, ass. You like <laughs> <laughs> well, he's pushing up the grass. Yeah. Um, do, you know, do you know, Donna, talking about going over the, the shortest bit of compare I've ever seen, this is at um, Jungler's Nottingham. She once walked to the microphone, she just went, um, she was introduced as the compare, she went, good night, and walked off. Right? And <laughs> left the building. <laughs> so everyone's going what the fuck and then they had to bring the lights up then the music started again oh god it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> well we've Rob, all wanted to do that haven't we so thanks for uh, breaking up your holiday to come and talk to us hey, th- thanks very much for having me <laughs> alright see you later Great. cheers Bye. Bye. see you again bye. Bye. bye so that was Rob Riley uh, you'll notice by the way watching that video that Steve and I could not look any worse. Uh, I was using a laptop which has the camera at the bottom of the screen, hence you're looking up my nostrils, which is easy to look up most of the time, no matter where you put the camera. Uh, and Steve's head wasn't completely in the frame at any oh, particular God. point. <laughs> oh, oh dear. So we That's both terrible. couldn't look worse. We just, um, yeah. I've been saving up that video until we've established an audience so that we could lose it again by them going, my God, look yeah. at the state of them two. Yeah. Yeah. And the only person who comes out well out of this <laughs> is Rob Riley, who Rob normally, Riley, yeah. I wouldn't say is an oil painting, but compared to us in that interview, what a gorgeous-looking fella. He is. He's sex on stick, isn't he? So what's our lexicon word today? Lexicon word is Millican's Law. Oh, yes, whereby you're only allowed to gloat over a great gig uh, for 24 hours after and conversely, you're only allowed to wallow in the depths of despair for 24 hours as well. After which, the slate is wiped clean like a screensaver, you just, and then you, you, you're you on to the next gig. You're only allowed to moan about a gig that you died at. You've got to get it out of your head by midday, and you can't moan no more. It's a very, very common sense law. Um, but it would be great if people could adhere to that, but human nature is such that people don't, do they? Well, yes, uh, as, yeah, as we've <laughs> mentioned before, when you've got death in the car, another one of our expressions, yeah, the fact that you go, oh, Jesus, you think I could drive till 12 o'clock the next day and still have this person moaning at me and they haven't done Millican's Law. Sometimes, no. you know, you need to get over it as quickly as you can. But when I have died and I've had to drive back on my own, I think that sometimes that's just the best thing that can happen because you can do all that shouting to yourself in the car why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? And you, you're slapping your head every every yeah. couple of miles as you remember another yeah. mistake that you made that led to your death. Yeah. You can't redo really that on a train. People no, you can't. <laughs> why didn't I do that? Yeah. <laughs> People move away from you. 
I mean, conversely, I've had the opposite because I always travel by train, as you know, mm. and I've had a euphoric gig. And by the time the fuck up of traveling home has happened, I've missed the train, uh, missed the connection. I'm really late. There's a bunch of twats on the train. All the joy of the gig has completely evaporated mm. to be replaced by anger and frustration at uh, having to get home, you know. Uh, that's one of the, the things about, you know, travelling by public transport, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, I think that that's based on a very... Millikan's Law is a, is a good uh, rule of thumb, really, to try and... For a comic to not to dwell on stuff. But, but then we wouldn't be uh, comedians if, if that wasn't inbuilt into our soul anyway, was it? You do have to dwell on stuff. I mean, it's just... Uh, you, you just have to take it positively. You've got to think, oh, what? how can I improve that uh, material? How can I get better so it doesn't happen again? I mean, that's yeah. why you're being self-critical and reflective, so you can improve what yeah. you do. It's like the story I told you. Uh, I went to this gig at a cricket ground in Worcestershire, and yeah. they stared at me for 20 minutes. And, and then the uh, bloke came up to me at the end and just said, well, one of the reasons we've moved here was to get away from people like you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, my God. Yeah, well, at least he was. At least, at least he was honest. No, he's well. Thank you for coming. So he started off with "thank you for coming," and I've got no idea what you were talking about. But thank you for coming. <laughs> and then moved on to that. Moved on to some polite racism. Oh god! One of the other things I think the falsehoods about uh, entertainment. Full stop. Is that after the gig? You're so buzzed up on adrenaline and then I yell, the disappointment after coming off stage and you're just flying and you just go, that's why you got to have orgies and to take lots of drugs because that's how I can cope with the come down after being on stage. Whereas yeah. I mean, with comics, you just get in the car, drive home. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do know. I think that a lot of time, if you get back after a gig, you don't go straight to bed though, do you? No, you stay up and watch it because you are. There's a low level of adrenaline running through you, and do you have to either have a cup of tea or you know? For me, if I was, especially if I was driving back any long distance, the idea that I go straight to bed, I end up having dreams that I'm still driving. So. um I definitely have to. <laughs> you have to unwind a little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You have to unwind after a gig, don't you, sir? So, yes. So that is Millikan's Law, uh, discussed quite quickly. And uh, for those of you, once again, we've reached the end of the podcast, and that's normal. We'll say if you enjoyed it, uh, check out the other Podomy podcasts that are available. Uh, if you watch this on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe. Uh, got any comments? Make some comments to us there. If you've got any comments on the podcast, uh, you can even send us emails. If you want to buy us a coffee in the YouTube thing, please do so. It's in the description. Is there anything else I have to say? Um, yeah, just get get everybody you know to watch it several times, several million times. Yeah, on different on different devices, on you know everything. Yeah, like that. That's it. Also, so, also employ an army of bots to. Oh shit! No, no, no that's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> as they look at how many people have watched this video in the corner or uh, in the podcast and go, wait a minute, they're not doing that. Yes, we are. We're doing this because we love you. So we'll see you at the next one. And we'll wave at you. On the on the podcast, you can't see this wave and exactly oh. how nasty it is. It's just a normal wave. No! <laughs> Should have been your last week, I swear. You should have been your last week.
This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.